Hey, how about them tops, son? All day, SEC boys. You're listening to the Red Out Podcast. Welcome into the Red Out Podcast. Woot woot. Uh, we yeah. got Jake, we got Ross, we got Jared, and we got Alex. First timer, Alex. Welcome, uh, welcome aboard, bud. Um, welcome. I think I'm glad to be a part of this. Yeah, we're glad to have you, buddy. Um, so, for our listeners, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Um, and uh, just a side note here uh, for our listeners: we, this is the Moonshine Throwdown Week. Uh, so, Marshall fans love to come at us. So, we're gonna—I'm gonna give a little public service announcement to stay above them. That's all I'm saying: don't stoop to their level. Don't make those. Uh, Unnecessary uh, <coughs> plain jokes. <coughs> so it's like Michelle Obama when they go low, you go high. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So winners and losers this week. Uh, I've got NPR pulled up, so I'm ready for strange news. Oh, um, nice. Uh, NPR. They have all this, kinds of weird stuff. I know, right? So the I Steelers- still gotta say, one of the winners for this week is still Jake's 49ers, and somehow they keep getting better, <laughs> which I don't understand. <laughs> must be those Victory is mine. Overpriced income tax, I guess. Uh, so, Jared, let's go with you first. I'll let you go first. What's your winners and losers, bud? Well, the Dolphins lost in spectacular fashion, so that's good on them. Still tanking so in full force. Yeah, They covered the spread, though. They did. They did, which, I mean... I'm sure there's people upset with that. I'm just glad they got the L. But I'm happy. Winner is me because the NBA season started back tonight. The Pacers are playing. Well, it's technically started last night. There's a couple of good games. But Pacers are playing the Pistons. Hope they have a healthy season and they show up in the East and do some good things. So hopefully they'll do good. Because I'll never forget, Ross, when you told me at the end of one of the podcasts that Oladipo was injured. It's a good Your reaction was priceless. That was I mean, really funny, actually. If you would have told me that at the beginning, I probably just would have left and just cried. <laughs> I'm <a little> done. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, losers. I guess the Patriots, Josh Gordon is out for the rest of the season, but I mean, they could literally get some pizza guy off the street and turn them into like a 2,000 yard receiver, so it doesn't really matter. They got Sanu, they're fine. Yeah. I actually, always. the surprising thing with me with Josh Gordon was that it wasn't drug related, that he was just hurt. Yeah, I, I mean, know. is that bad? Miraculous. Yeah, I <laughs> mean, I, I, I don't want to knock the guy, but that's when when Jake and I and our, the rest of our family was really big into fantasy, that was the big issue of picking him up was can he stay off the, you know, the PDIs or whatever? Off the weed. <laughs> well, it really wasn't the weed. He was just juicing, wasn't it? Uh, well, he got trouble for weed too. Yeah, he was definitely a pothead, but maybe I don't know. It was like it was everything. I will neither confirm nor deny. Uh, Ross, do you have any winners and losers in Shy Town? Um, I'll go with first. I'll go with the Nationals. Uh, you know they're a huge underdog, and they won Game One. So we're at least uh, you know it was a five-four game, good game last night. So good, good game to start off the uh, World Which Series. Which I don't want to interrupt you, but I will let people know. Next Wednesday is free taco day, Taco Bell, so you can get a taco for free since the Nationals won. Steal a base, steal a base, steal a taco. Yep, that's what it is. Really? Yep. Uh, Yeah, yeah, Ross, you got any more, buddy? Uh, I mean, that was the big one. I'm going to ride my baseball nerdum until the last week possible, so maybe next week will be the the last week you'll have to hear for baseball until the spring. um, Thank God. (laughs) And then... uh, I'm and sorry, then I'm the big the big loser I would say or Wisconsin. How do you lose to Illinois? I that mean, was so embarrassing. I forgot about that. Lovey Smith oh, well. with the with the you know the old man winter beard you know bald head just you know just super white and it, it was just it's just hilarious. So yeah, I mean Wisconsin, you're you know you're always kind of you do this every couple years and you find a way to lose to a team you shouldn't because your style is you know. Just not sustainable against, I guess, a twelve-game season. I don't know. So, that yeah, was my big loser. Yeah, that's that's really weird for me. Is Wisconsin? Uh, Jake, do you have anybody? Uh, winner, 
Nick Bosa because he's just a machine and he's fun to watch and he's slipping and sliding and tackling sacking all the way to uh, some playoff wins and uh, losers the state of West Virginia constantly always just for the I fact mean, that, that they are the state that's of weekly right so yeah that's always Daily. that's always the thing I mean I, yeah I don't know uh, Alex do you have anybody yes my winners are the beloved Tennessee Titans for pulling out one of the wildest finishes in yeah. recent memory against the Chargers on Sunday, like getting a call call back with Melvin Gordon fumbling on the goal line. It was just I'm yeah, still I'll be honest, like watching that game, the end of it, like the Chargers looked like Western under Mike Sanford. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> yes, I would agree. I agree there. And the fact that Tannehill had a very strong showing in place of just us benching Marcus Mariota, so we're at this thing to where are we actually going to try to do something this year or just try and get a quarterback next year? I don't know. Questions are just up in the air right now in Nashville. Same seven to nine win season we've seen for what, the past five years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, it's kind of one of those things with the Titans, you know. Hey, they got Tannehill, though. He's good. He was just on the Dolphins. That's why he was underlooked. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see how he's going to progress for the rest of the year pretty much. So I'm pretty excited. Okay, so my winners and losers, let me pull up my – okay, I got my NPR right here. Uh, one, losers, the hackers that posted the video, the Bellarmine girls, as messed up as that is. Pretty mm-hmm. refreshes on this story. I didn't catch this one. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, so Bellarmine University went – the girls, I can't remember what sport it was specifically, but their female athletes went and played another school at a college, and in the locker room, somebody placed cameras in the soap dispensers. Oh, oh no. They did the they Aaron Andrews posted, thing. Yeah. They posted said video to uh, a porn site, quote, quote, but you know which one it is. It's kind of like the YouTube of porn. And um, – uh, they pulled they they pulled the videos uh, as far as that's concerned, but I don't know as far as the guys getting in trouble, like if they've got the individuals who posted it or like I don't know. Okay, but, it's it was the uh, female soccer players in the male rock room at Limestone College in Gaffney, South Carolina. Good Google skills there, bud. Hey, that's what I'm leaving to it. I know, right? But yeah, so that's what happened. Uh, so yeah, it's it's kind of been in the news here recently. Um, kind of making up for my no winner loser last week. Um, let's see. A toddler gives firefighters a manicure. Firefighters responded to a minor incident in Utah, found a screaming two year old girl. Uh, she calmed down when though when she painted the nails of the firefighters. Interesting. Uh, That's oh, dude. Speaking of NPR winners, I heard this morning on Morning Edition. They have taught rats to drive. How? Wow. Using, well, it just shows using, that using Fruit Loops. <laughs> yeah, they, seriously, they used no lie. They used Fruit Loops, and apparently, they are excellent drivers. Like Toucan Sam is 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 the driving instructor. Yeah. So seriously, much. though, like that just shows that you don't even have to have the brain power of a human to drive, and still people can't drive. Yeah, Max. literally, I'm rats can drive. Naked. Hey, Jordan, uh, I got one more topical loser, Western-themed. Uh, Go for so, it. So the uh, the article in The Athletic, and I think I'd like to get everybody's thoughts, Mitchell Robinson escaping Western oh, in the middle of the night. <laughs> I mean, I just want to hear how ridiculous that is. Like, couldn't handle couldn't handle the, the pressure of a small college in Kentucky, you know, being geeked out about you coming to school. Like, how could he have done it at LSU or UK or any other big school where, you know, yeah. the pressure's even more? I mean, I just was like, what a cop-out. I don't know. Yeah, Thoughts anybody? Western Boo too. this man! And by the way, yeah. we, do, we don't mention his name on the show, so. Yeah. I don't waste my breath because that entire situation was a fiasco for no reason. I just, it frustrates me to no end. And the, yeah, I agree. the like, quote here's from the yeah. Go ahead. The, the quote animosity that he had was just that was just him. That was just his <laughs> anxiety as far as I'm concerned. I was mama on, said he still talk she still talks to Sansbury. Which is I don't know. I guess he's like it, nice. It's uh, family either way. Yeah. Uh, so my favorite one thus far that I've been sk- skimming through here, 
Uh, first off, it starts off with the best state for winner losers, and that's Florida. Uh, Florida man, Florida man calls police to report stolen marijuana. Uh, the story, the little that. clip here, says the Pasco County Sheriff's Office told the man to stop calling. He claimed his roommate had stolen his marijuana. Recreational marijuana use is against the law in Florida. No charges were filed. <laughs> Love it. Wow. Uh, Florida is just the state, though, for just DAs <laughs> all over the place. Um, it's like a GTA server. Yes. Yeah, seriously. That's really exactly is. what it is. Really <laughs> Vice City, man. Vice City. So, Ross, I will throw it over to you to talk about other sports on the hill. All right, we'll lead off with our uh, old reliable, the WKU women's volleyball team. They had another perfect weekend uh, going 2-0 and and sweeping both games against uh, the Mutts and the Roadrunners of UTSA. So, you know, we're up to, let's see, 21-1 and on the season, 7-0 in Conference USA and are 23rd in the country. So... Still a couple weeks from that showdown against uh, the ranked Rice Owls in Houston, but you know that's something to really be excited about. You know, in secondary sport fashion, uh, we're about five or six games until the uh, CUSA tournament. So, you know, here as as the coming weeks go, uh, you know, all the fall sports will be wrapping up. Uh, with that in mind, women's soccer unfortunately went 0-2 on their Texas Road swing. Let's hear some boo. And uh, <laughs> lost uh, to North like Texas and Rice. So uh, they're you know they started off hot. They're still eight six and one four and four in conference. So good rebound here. I think they can probably you know, they finish with uh, UAB and Marshall to the conference USA tournament. And then uh, golf women's finished. Let's see, tenth out of sixteenth at the Louisville Cardinal Invitational. And the men finished tied for third in the uh, Middle Tennessee Invitational. So, um, you know, Linus Slow continues to dominate. But, you know, solid solid fall sports other than football. So just keep that in mind as as the season progresses. So I do have have one to add real quick. Uh, The uh, baseball, they had their series Team Red beat Team Black 4-2. So, woo! Way to go, scrimmage. Baseball did get some uh, some in-state commitments, which is you know pitching. We obviously need pitching, so good for baseball. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, okay, Jake, what were you gonna say, bud? I was just gonna say, aren't uh, aren't in the volleyball team ranked twenty-third uh, now, moving up the ranks? You weren't listening, Jake. Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hey, blame man. you, Jake, because. The- Volleyball is one of those that they're so good they're starting to get a little boring. I mean, I, I, that sounds bad to say, but they are they're just dominating and it just kind of I know it's I you're like those you're have... like the football fans they're like, "Oh, I don't want to go to the game cuz Brom wins 60 to 3." Fletcher Keel. The fact that they win is still <laughs> incredible. I mean, it's like what John Rothstein says all the time, it's like a Fortune 500 company, it runs itself. Yeah, so, it, yeah. it kind of does. Uh, I mean, there's they're so good right now, it's just kind of like, wow. Go ahead, Ross, sorry. Now, I wish WKU's men's basketball team would get to the volleyball level where we can just be like, okay, it's autopilot, we're in, non-con- we're in conference play, and it's back to, you know, it's it's all geared towards March. But I digress. I wish football would get to that, too. I mean, that sounds bad, but. That's that's a little unrealistic in football. but It, it is, but yeah. I, I'd be, I mean, I'd be fine with it either way, so. Yeah. Um. Let's see, Jared. You've yes. got a basketball piece. What Always. do you think? What do you think about? What, give us a little. Uh, give us a little tidbit of it, buddy. All right. I mean, I'll just kind of go over what I was talking about. Is just talking about the projected starters for this year on the men's basketball team, which there's already a lot of debate about that. Just, which is a good thing, just for the fact that it shows that Coach Stansberry has so many players that are capable of starting, as opposed to last year. Like he's got a lot more depth just all around. But I'll just go ahead and tell you my starting five, which it's changed a lot. And I think that this year, Coach Stansbury will use different starting lineups. I don't think he's going to use the same five guys the entire season. But, I mean, Charles Bassey is a given. Tavian Hollingsworth, Josh Anderson, uh, Kenny Cooper, hopefully once he's eligible, which should be soon, I wish. But we'll see. It's NCAA. I trust him as much as gas station sushi. I said that in one of my articles. (laughs) But... (laughs) 
the other one that I had is Jared Savage, which at oh. first I did not have. But at Hysteria, seeing the way he did and just knowing the fact that he started all 34 games last season, along with him being a senior this year, being from Bowling Green, I mean, he's still going to be a good player, so he may get to start, but his playing time may be cut if he starts shooting a bunch of air balls, goes 0-5 from 3, gets someone like Cameron Justice in there that's going to be a lot more consistent. But I just think that Coach Stansberry is going to have different starting lineups this year. I mean, you'll still have a core with Bassey and Hollingsworth more than likely. And if Kenny Cooper's eligible, I'd probably say him too. But Josh Anderson's spot, if he's not as consistent as he should be, then there's a good chance that someone like Carson Williams can get in there or Justice. And same for Savage, either Carson Williams or Justice for him as well. So that's at least who I think could be starting. If you all have different opinions, I'd love to hear it for sure. So that's what I got. I completely agree with uh, Jared Savage. Just saying. I mean, I'm sure you do, Devin. Sure yeah. <laughs> uh, I think this is his year. I mean, as far as things go, uh, it, knock on wood, it can't get any worse for poor Jared Savage. And defensively, uh, he looked a lot better too at Hysteria. He had a couple of really good blocks, which was good for him defensively because that's what he's kind of been condemned for. I mean, he's been judged a lot because he was kind of a defensive liability. But if he can get that in check, along with being a consistent three-point shooter, he should definitely stay a core person on the team. So he'll definitely get a lot of minutes. Uh, I'll go to Ross. What do you think, bud? I think do you agree? Was... Do you disagree? I mean, four of the five, I agree. I think he's sleeping on Carson Williams a lot. I think yeah. he's going to be the Justin Johnson, the new Justin Johnson. He's had a year to recover from his injury, you know, just to get melted in the team, and he's probably ready and rearing to go. I think, you know, with Josh at the four, you're you're kind of going small, and you're kind of doing that. And you're probably right on the mix and match, but I, I think you're sleeping on Carson Williams if you think he's not going to play. And I think, you know, with Savage, just, you know, let him just play when him, Justice, you know, those two, whoever has the hot hand, keep them in at least one of one of them a game, two of them a game at a time to see who's nailing threes. If you have them both nailing threes, I mean, this team could be really dangerous. So, Jake, I know you're not a Savage fan. What do you think, buddy? <laughs> well, you always pay me like I hate these kids. No, I do think uh, – <laughs> so here's the deal. Alex, if you haven't heard, I routinely rag on Lucky Jackson for not being the guy. And I they always give me crap. <laughs> yeah, they're like, well, they're just like, oh, you hate, you hate Lucky Jackson. I don't hate Lucky Jackson. I just like to give him crap. But, you give, uh, you give Lucky Jackson a lot of grief is all I'm saying. Yeah, well, if he has games like he had last game, I won't have to no more. Uh, anyways, uh, he's been listening. Good job, Lucky. You're the man. Uh, throw four touchdown passes the next game. It's going to be awesome. Uh, but, no, again, I, I, I like uh, Jared's lineup. I kind of agree with Ross on the hot hand at the three. Um, we have seen Savage make some clutch shots, and he does seem to, like, the best shots that he make makes. It's not, like, super consistent, but it's like, oh, God, we needed three points to take a one-point lead. Boom, Savage gets it. So if he's got a hot hand, let's go. If he's playing better defense, that's awesome to hear. I hope that's the case. Um but yeah, I, I just am. I'm not super duper sold on him being a sniper yet. I hope that he is because we desperately need increased three point shooting. I heard in the off season, or part of the off season, where they were talking about how shooting has been, uh, and, and particularly outside shooting has been one of the uh, kind of sticking points this off season. Uh, the only thing I thought when I read that was, okay, good. I hope they all shoot better. But dang, I hope they all don't think that they're Steph Curry now and like rely and like. Like the Troy game last year, it was like, oh, let's just take threes because we're really good three-point shooters. I hope they understand like who the role players are, what they're good at, and um, only shoot the three when it's called for. And give Bassie the ball. Mm-hmm. And for the love of God, give Bassie the ball. For the love of all yeah. things, good and holy in this world, give that man the ball. I mean, and honestly, I think it's more of a scheme thing than you know just the player thing as far as getting Bassie the ball more. I, I just feel like we got to open it widen open things up so that he's not handcuffed to people anymore. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like last year. I think last year he just kind of got stuck and wasn't able to be utilized as much because he couldn't. I mean, people just locked him in down low, and I just I don't know. We'll see. Uh, my my hope is the the two new assistants Cunningham and Grant that you know are Stansberry's old dogs 
come in and he they really he really leans on him to be the the bench coach for them you know just uh you know we're gonna just force feed this stuff down you you're going to improve or you're gonna pass the ball you're out and now we can finally pull people out of the game if they're not performing so yeah, yeah well, something that Coach Stansberry wasn't able to do last year, like when Savage was missing a bunch of shots. I mean, who are you going to have come in and play? I mean, Jerry Marion Gramble was probably the only other good shooter on the bench, but he was injured all of last season. I mean, Omer was very inconsistent. Delano Banton, I wouldn't trust him shooting the three. So, I mean, he needed that outside threat, and now he has multiple outside threats. So, regardless of what lineups he uses, I mean, it's going to be pretty solid, I think. I mean, but regardless of whatever lineup he uses, he's only going to start like five guys. No, he's going to do like Louisiana Lafayette did and start six. Well, not start. Well, six, you know what I mean. Start six. six. Yeah, he's going to start. <laughs> you know what I meant. I mean, if he puts in five guys, those are the five for the entire game. There's nobody else going to come in. So, uh, I hope he doesn't do that for the love of God. Yeah, I, I don't think that's the case this year. Uh, I don't think he's going to do a platoon system or anything like that, but he's going to be going deeper into his bench, and he ought to because he's got a lot of good players, like eight players deep into his bench he can use. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and that was my biggest complaint was going into the bench more and trying to get more guys in, but it's whatever. Alex, what would you think? I agree with every single aspect of the piece. I got two things to go over, though. Okay. I really feel like that this is going to be the year of the return of Tavian Hollingsworth. He did not have. Yes. yes. I hope so, and man. I've been a huge Tavian truther since he's gone on the hill. And last year <laughs> wasn't the best compared to his freshman year where he was just literally going off in every single game. So I feel like Panther is going to go to him more, not only because of like to take the heat off Savage, but just like he definitely could use like a huge jump. Like everybody has kind of like a sophomore slump. And speaking of sophomore slumps, I really hope that this doesn't go into Bazzi's favor. I feel like Bazzi's got a better season than last year just because of the fact that not only he's going to be healthy, but he's got three, count them, three All-American votes. So he's going to be the best kept secret in pretty much of not like the country. Yeah, he's got three All-American votes. He wasn't into All-American votes. Fun fact. UK got zero All-American votes. Interesting. Wow. I didn't notice wow. that. Uh, I I yeah, I mean, I'm sure Connection is crying in their dreams because their cats didn't get any votes. <laughs> Dude, I've been screaming that since this day shade. one. Uh, I, I will say, though, as far as Bassey's concerned, this is his year. Either he's going to make more money, you know, as far as going to the league, or he's going to go back to selling chickens. So... I mean, best of luck to Charles. We'll see how it goes. Um, Jared, so, did he look? Did he look leaner at, at Hysteria? Sorry, Devin, real quick. Yeah. No, you're good. Go for it. He did. He he looks a lot. He looks like he actually kind of trimmed down a little bit, but he filled out more. He's like a little more muscular, but he looked a lot more free, like running up and down the court. Like you can tell, he wasn't really having to limp around or anything. He just looked like he's a lot more agile already, which. If he's going to be more agile, more lean, with another year under his belt, with NBA combine training, then the sky's the limit. Well, you, the, guy, the, the guy he worked out with looked like it, Blake from uh, Workaholics. It was kind of funny. <laughs> nice. <laughs> hey, nice. if he gets the job done and helps him get better, I'm all for it. Okay, so as a lot of you probably know or don't know, Western beat Charlotte this past week, 30-14. to 14. Yeah. Uh, It was... Um, the first half was ugly as all get out. I don't know about the rest of the rest of you all thought, but um, as far as stats go, Western had 351 total yards. Charlotte had 286. Uh, 291 of Western's yards was passing and 60 was rushing. Uh, Western had one penalty for 15 yards, which I still didn't agree with, but anyway. Uh, and Charlotte had seven penalties for 90 yards um, and one big turnover. Uh, so, uh, Jake, what'd you think, bud? I mean, this was a game where it kind of all, it, it not, it didn't all start to click, but things really, really were going, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say better than I expected, but like about, about what I expected, right? Um, like you said, the beginning was a, a little bit ugly. There was some misfires, um, particularly on like not stopping Charlotte, which yes. even though they, 
statistically are one of the better offenses in the conference and had run up a bunch of, or not a bunch of points, but had run up more points than you would expect on some of these better teams. I just kind of thought Conference USA's defenses were bad. Um, but it turns out, like, it wasn't just uh, LeMay and a bunch of dudes. Like, they, like their quarterback wasn't the worst. Uh, they had so, they Their receivers made some plays, and LeMay was uh, not a stunner, you know, uh, obviously, but he was difficult to stop sometimes for being, like, a little... Like I always used to say about uh, Ferb, it was like an angry bowling ball filled with hate. Like that's kind of <laughs> how he ran. Uh, and LeMay kind of does the same thing. So it, it was it was good to see that he just didn't romp or stomp all over us. Uh, I'm, I'm happy, yeah. I will say, yeah. uh, which is which is a uh, change of pace for me. Usually I'm kind of angry. Um, and I was I was happy to see I was happy to see um, a, a lot more passing consistency. I was happy to see fairly mistake free football, which we can talk about a little later. Um, Lucky Jackson throwing the freaking touchdown. Can we just talk about that for a minute? How awesome the trick oh plays gosh. coming back to yes. form were. Just so happy. I was there like I was holding I was holding my daughter with one hand, like doing something in the kitchen with the other, watching on my laptop, just like che- yeah, just like cheering. And she's just like grinning and laughing because she has no idea what's going on because she's like just barely five months. Um but just just super pumped. Just super pumped and ready for the moonshine throwdown. Yeah, I completely agree. That touchdown pass was amazing. Um, it's kind of crazy that we had to resort to a trick play to get in, but, I mean, I'm happy with it. And I was so happy to see uh, Don Tavian throw that. So, you know, it's whatever. <laughs> um, but, yeah, just so you know, I have a tab pulled up on my computer with Lucky Jackson's real name just so I could say that. Um, but, I mean, Western is sitting at 4-0, and the closest team is Marshall and Florida Atlantic. So, I can I, mean, I can speak to that, Devin. Go ahead. So, the basically, if we can win the next two weeks, Western pretty much shows up the East, barring something crazy happening. Yeah. You'd own the tiebreaker against both of your primary rivals, FIU, and you would probably FIU who's slowly getting their stuff together. You own the tiebreaker over them. So. Did I lose your voice? You know, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Okay. So, yeah, 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 you're good. Uh, sorry. Yeah, we just uh, cut out for a second. Okay. Well, yeah, so basically these next two weeks are crucial. We could win the next two weeks and then lose the the last three games and still make the Conference USA title game. So, uh, And if we win the next two weeks, I don't see that happening. But that's just, that's just a side note. Um, you know, my quick thoughts on the game, you know, solid, great performance, good Good defensive shutdown. It's a B. I mean, I'm not on the Matt McKay grading scale where every every game's an A as long as you win. But yeah, I mean, Ty Story had his best passing game of the season, and I just stop taking sacks in the red zone, please, dear God. I mean, that's yes. yeah, that's the only thing. You know, finishing drives. Yeah, I mean, that's we've got to we've got to adjust our expectations now to get to. Is this good enough to win championships? And I don't know if that was. I think, you know, we could, you know, if you, you look at FAU, FIU, how they beat the Charlotte team by 18 to 25 points, like, you know, we barely beat them by 16. You know, they hung around. I mean, you can't fire on all cylinders every week. But let's let's keep progressing. Let's, let's okay, let's say it's a good step forward, and then let's finish drives in the red zone. Dear God, please. That's yeah, a, and that, that, was my biggest, that was my biggest complaint is not finishing the drives in the red zone. Uh, Jared, what did you think of the game Saturday, buddy? Well, sadly, I wasn't able to watch it, but I was able to see the big trick plays, and that really excited me, seeing Heldon kind of go back to that, and it actually worked this time. I know he's tried running some trick plays, and they just weren't capable of grasping it yet. So that already shows some improvement on their part. The offense is starting to get his system. Story is really starting to settle into his role. Like you said, Ross, once he gets to where he actually like throws it out or does something besides take a sack on some of those, He'll be good. He does a good job escaping the pocket, but at the same time, a quarterback should know when he should just give up because, I mean, sometimes it closes in a little too quick. And he, I know he tries to keep it alive, which is a good way of viewing it, but, I mean, sometimes you just got to throw the ball out. But yeah. I want to see them get Josh Simon used to more. I mean, just the tight end position is what Western's bread and butter has been for years. I mean, if you just look at all the good players that they've had now in the NFL that were, I mean, tight end you, as we call it. I, I mean, he's just such a good rec- receiver, too. I mean, he's really, really good. Just get Simon involved more. 
And I think, I mean, just looking at the score, being able to see them hang 30 points on Charlotte was good. I hope they continue that trend while the defense continues to clamp down and do what My they do. Lord. Wit. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. ESPN just started going in the background. Um, so I'm glad you said something about Simon because Josh Simon was named to the midseason Football Writers Association of America 2019 midseason watch list. For all freshmen. Yes. Uh, well, it's all freshmen. Uh, he is one of 70 student athletes named to the list while being one of just two tight ends during the recognition. He's also one of 41 true freshmen to make the list. So, uh, and he's one of, and he's just, and he's one of four selected from Conference USA. So, get that man the ball. Yeah. Yes, amen. Treat him like Charles Bassey. Give him the ball. Yes, uh, <laughs> that's I mean, that's your next thought piece, Jared. Is Charles is Josh Simon the new Charles Bassey? Yes. <laughs> no, Charles. No, Charles is going to join the football team now. Because that's what happens with one of Western's best players is that they have to go try football at least once. That's right. I was going to look at George Fan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Justin actually, Johnson, too, for a little K1 bit. K1 Jakes. Or, I mean, other way around, but yeah. yeah. I was like, what? No, no. He tried um, the basketball team. Yeah, he might have. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. That was. That <laughs> yeah, was, that could have just been an interception in every game. But anyway. Um, no, actually, I thought the best thought-provoking one would be is Lucky Jackson, the new uh, Jared Savage. But anyway. Oh, hell. <laughs> <laughs> must be, Jake must be rubbing off. I don't know. Uh, That's exactly yeah. right. Uh, so, Alex, what did you think yeah. of Saturday's game, buddy? Saturday's game was really good. Very slow start to the first half. But pretty much the one thing that really impressed me was this was the Lucky Jackson game. Five receptions. 141 yards and a touchdown. Previously, throughout the season, he did not get one touchdown, but to this game, it just went to his credit. And I felt like he got more target. Like, Shakur Pearson still got seven receptions, but he just got his touchdown, 68 yards. I feel like he still got his input, but at the same time, Lucky benefited from just uh, open downfield catches. And I would have liked to see more production from Jacques Sloan. He only had two receptions for 23 yards. But it wasn't the, I wouldn't say one of the best games for him as he did have like a couple noticeable drops. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, with, uh, I mean, I think with spreading out, uh, spreading, spreading out the passing and everything as far as Lucky goes, I think he got open more often because people have started overlooking him as far as coverage goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if y'all agree with that or not, but I, that's kind of my thought because, I mean, like you said, Alex, up until this point, he really hasn't done anything. Um, I mean, he's Pearson's been there. Kind of turned into the go-to receiver. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, and being a he is, he's a true senior, right? You Lucky. See. Yeah. 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 Fifth year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Dontavian's yeah, a true senior. Oh no, he's a fifth year. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'm going to call him Dontavian. So y'all can do it. <laughs> um, two quick, two quick defensive shoutouts. Uh, obviously, D'Angelo Malone, two more sacks to get up to nine on the season, and then uh, Roger Cray, first game back uh, from yes. the from the injury, got the big interception. He got a tackle. I mean, and returned a couple pun- or returned at least one punt, I think. So yeah, um, one punt for eight yards. So I mean, another great, you know, great thing. Another weapon on our defensive backfield, which you know that's just going to be great as we play better offenses the last five games of the season. Did uh, I don't know if anybody noticed or not, but did Bush return any punts this time? No. So no. have they pulled him? I'm just wondering. I guess my I don't my theory with Bush is he's got to be right around that four game mark for a red shirt or not red shirt. So I don't yeah. know if he's crossed that or not. If he's played five, then I don't know why they benched him. But if if he's at four, that explains it. So I agree. Um, and I you know another big thing I noticed was uh, field goal kicking. Wasn't that great, Jake? <laughs> yes. Yes. I, okay. Look. Where's the wild thing music, Devin? I, okay, we, first, I know. I wish I could get that, but it's probably copyrighted, and they won't let me play that's, it. That's that's true. It it is. It's like okay. Listen, y'all again ragging on me for a a sissy call on a third and long to set up a shot 
that is very difficult for the freshman kicker to make. That's as close as the wild thing. <laughs> I just thought that it was kind of a, a weak call at that point in the game. That's all. Wasn't nothing against Wild Thing because he's got leg for days. Like they were talking on the broadcast when he missed left. They were like, dude, that had like 15 extra yards on it after it went over the like almost the top of the upright. So the dude is a beast. He just shanks it left sometimes. He's a freshman. That happens. Jake, um, while we got just, you, can you please rant about your love of Will Healy? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, so he's a punk, and I don't <laughs> like him very much. And, uh, like, okay, so that little, what we called that chess match at the end of the first half, I get some of the calls. I, I get the. I was like, who had that? Uh, but no, that, like, I, I get the calls, I get the timeouts, all that crap, but he just, the way that some of the calls went, the way that his players behaved, uh, celebrating after, like, a stop on second and, like, two, like, I, I'm sorry, or like, oh, we made a tackle, but they got a first down, yeah, we're gonna cheer about it. Uh, you gotta be better to play like convicts, okay? Like, when Western was romper stomping over everybody and uh, getting unsportsman likes and all that, it was because we were up 52 to 3. That's uh, you can't do that when you're down 14, bud. Yeah, so... Never forget Brandon Liston. Never forget. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. honestly, though, like what you're saying is not wrong because they are they got seven penalties. And that's yeah, the difference. No, the... I mean, that yeah, could have made, made a lot of drives. Yeah, they played undisciplined football, and I'm glad they did. I'm glad that they, in their suckiness, also like compounded it. But the guy calls plays like a punk. Uh, he <laughs> behaves like a punk during the game. He's supposed to be this young hot shot. And look, honest to God, when I read about him before we hired Helton, and when I was reading about him at some of his last stops, like at Austin P, and then like he seemed like an up and comer. He seemed like one of those like, oh okay, well he wouldn't be the worst thing. He's one of the guys um, who charmed the media like somebody else we we know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. legit. I, I I think that's the thing. Um, I can also rag on Dabo a little bit because I think he's a load of crap. I mean, he's a good coach, but he's not all golly gee willikers, all shucks. Like, he's a turd too, um, and his players <laughs> play like that. Like, listen, I know taking that, the uh, taking the bus home. We forgot about that on the losers. Okay, so first off, how? Like, I know the managers a lot of times like will travel with equipment. That's fine, but like, how do you feel as the manager? That's like, oh yeah, my mode of transportation is a punishment. Really? I like I don't understand. I don't I haven't heard this. What is what's going okay, on? Okay, so there was so there so there's a player on um um freshman team Clemson. during the Louisville game yeah. who um in some extracurricular activity after a play like just got a Louisville player down and starts like punching him on the ground, which always smart with an unprotected yeah. hand, punch he- a helmet because that's good. Um but so they were like, yeah. "Oh, well, they need to punish him. They need to punch him." So his punishment was, you know, besides a stern talking to I'm sure, uh, was to ride home four hours on the manager's bus instead of flying with okay. the team. That was his punishment. Okay. So I don't know how Louisville does it, but Western, like uh, the, Clemson does it. Clemson. Okay. It's okay, a Clemson, Clemson player. Whoever. Okay. Clemson, whoever, uh, whoever does it. Um, Western's managers, there was maybe like one that would ride the, the equipment bus back, but everybody else was with the team. So I don't know. If they have a specific, and of course, for it to be a quote manager bus, there was okay. So let me back up. Western had four buses when we traveled. One was offense, one was defense, uh, and then there was like everybody else who wasn't a starter, and then everybody else that either could pay or was in uh, like a support position. So cameras, managers, trainers, media, uh, media, C league. And his kids, when God, that was awful. Um, <laughs> and then um, you had like cheerleaders would ride on it sometimes. So, like, the fourth bus was packed. So, if a player got kicked off onto that bus, it's not really a punishment. I really don't care as far as that's concerned. It, it, if anything, that's probably just like a slap on the wrist because he, he would probably get along better with some of them than he would with some of his teammates as far as that goes. But, well, and that uh, was the joke. It's like, oh, you can literally pull down a smaller player and start punching him in the face and your punishment is to ride home with the managers like <coughs> what a joke bless you 
Uh, yeah. So, uh, kind of get on my soapbox, or uh, I can or Ross can, either one. What do you want to do, bud? Uh, I can talk. I've got probably 15 minutes so I got a board, so. Okay, well, let's not take the full time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, attendance for the game on uh, Saturday. What do you think, buddy? So, there's, what, 15,000 change to the game? I mean, I'm not one of those people that thinks realistically Western's going to ever sell out every game. That's, I mean... I think realistically our fan base is only probably 35,000, 40,000 fans of the team and maybe some casual or very loose fans on top of that. So, you know, the, the margin to get a sellout is hard. It's got to be parents' day. But usually homecoming is one of the best attended games of the year. But yeah. everything I saw was three, 5,000 people who went to the tents didn't go to the game, which, you know, it's – I guess Westerns, it's going to be like people from our generation, Devin, who went to school there during the bad years that just, they've got to find a way to change the culture where if you went to school there, you know, shut down the, the tailgating or whatever on the lawn and get people to go to the game. Because like I had a friend who went to the tail, the thing for the first time in seven years, he's not a big sports fan. I gave him a bunch of crap, but he's like, yeah, we're not going to the game. We're just going to go to the, to the fraternity or whatever organization's tailgates. And you know, I was a Greek person, and you know, go to the games. I mean, that's that's why that's why homecoming exists. It's not just for socializing. It's it's around a football game. Go to the games, support the team, and and you know, the fact that our army game had better than a homecoming was just shocking to me. So, first off, like I, I realize that's what you're you're gonna use that as the excuse is that some of the people that are our age, which that's bull. Because well, I mean, Bowling Green in general, but that's that's an off-season topic where Bowling Green doesn't support the team in general. Yeah, but but with um, like you're talking about people our age, like what about people who are Kentucky fans? I mean, well, I can't. I mean, it's it. it's a whole giant thing, which I think that'd be a great off-season episode to talk about growing the fan base. Because I mean, honestly, like Kentucky fans that are football fans, you know, too. Which, by the way, God bless you, buddy. But still. Um, those well, they, guys, played, they played at seven and or yeah at seven and Western played at four Eastern so it didn't uh, even overlap. Uh, I'm not worried about that. That's not my point. Yeah. My point yeah. is is that Western or not Western U- UK football has struggled and has a history of struggling, and you still get people going to the games. So don't give me that light, load of bull that it's just because of the bad years. It's because you don't want to go well, in. My my argument. My argument is they didn't during those bad years they didn't capture the hearts and minds of those those alumni. So they come back and they say, "Oh, I'm just going to go to socialize as opposed to care about the actual game." That would be my whole argument. Well, uh, yeah, I I can't I can neither confirm nor deny that you know they did any work as far as that's concerned. Did at least use it midway. Midway's so much easier to deal with than O'Hare. Yeah, yeah, I don't go to O'Hare. I had to drive an hour and thirty minutes just through traffic to get back to Midway, but dang it, it's a lot easier. Yeah, think, it's a lot easier. I think my first flight was to O'Hare. And it was awful. Anyway. Um, so um Ross, you kind of talked to uh, the uh, Moonshine Throwdown. What do you think as far as what does Western have to beware of? Uh, I mean, I think it's, you know, Marshall's a good but flawed team, kind of like we are. I mean, I think they've got a probably a less good defense and a much more consistent offense than us. So, you know, strength versus strength versus uh, weakness and weakness versus strength. Um their whole game kind of hinges on their quarterback Isaiah Green. You know, the, you know when we are all surprised when they lost the middle. He had four turnovers. You, can, you know, if he does that against Western, we'll, we'll wipe the floor with him. But you know, going into Huntington, big rivalry game. You know, I think we've got to take that that next step. Thirty points last game. This game, you know, it might take you know thirty-five points. It might be a thirty-eight twenty-one. You know. 30, you know, our defense is going to give up more than 20 points this game, and it's going to be up to the offense to pick up the slack. Um, you know, I think it's a great test. If we win this, it's basically a one-game season to get in the uh, finals, and on that note, I'm going to get off here because i got to catch a flight. So. All right. Hey, see you, Ross. Thanks for right. safe. Right, see you, guys. Go Tops.
All right, Ross. I can hear myself think now. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) I know that that airport stuff is just killing me. But anyway, it's like an ASMR track or something. So, uh, just as weird as I'm going to be right now, the weather for Huntington uh, this weekend is 64 with rain. Which, by the way, that kind of helps us out as far as the defense is concerned. You know, making the ball a little slicker. You know. Uh, Knox is 719 yards in what seven games thus far? Yeah, so he's about he's getting about 100 yards a game. I think our defense could stop him somewhat. Um, and we've got uh, I said I said Knox, yeah, Green has thrown 10 touchdowns in seven games and six interceptions. So, and uh, was Green four- also runs quite a bit. He uh, he's had a couple of games where, uh, or at least one game, um, where he almost ran for he almost ran for more than Knox did. Knox had a 99-yard net gain, and Green had a 95-yard game. That 100 yards a game, though, that's a little bit skewed. He's done a lot better in conference. Like the the conference game that that, that he he did really bad uh, against Boise State, and um, I mean maybe it balances out with BMI, but I I am a little worried about stopping their offense because they are pretty balanced. Um, 200 and 200 on um, kind of both aspects of the games around where they're averaging. Um, I agree with Ross that this is a, a, a turnover game. And in fact, one of the things that they talked about, I was trying to read, read up on them a little bit today, um, just about some of the details and that the way that they win is they capitalize on your mistakes. So they had a game, um, I think it was actually against um, Old Dominion, where they had there were eight sacks in the game. Uh, they tied. They tied for second in uh, Marshall school history, and that's with all like of their actual good years back in the day. Um, they've got a defensive end named, and I wrote it down. Did Ross talk about him? I wasn't paying attention. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> well, Ross is still listening, apparently standing in. Ross, line. so buddy, I missed. Did you did you talk about uh, Darius Hodges at all, or Hodge? So because he had he so because he's the guy. He him himself like he himself had eight sacks against Old Dominion. Um, so the key on this thing is not take those sacks in the red zone and play mistake-free football. If they do that, then I think there's a good shot to squeak this one out away. Um, I do think playing – anytime you play Marshall at home and it's not the 60-6 to six year, um, it, it, it is a challenge. Um, My thing is, um, I don't know if you all saw this Saturday or not, but D'Angelo Malone didn't really play that well in the first half. And I think it really – he, um, and of course, my complaint is I think he got held most of the game. Uh, but, Probably. Well, I mean, yeah. And being and, and coming from an offensive line viewpoint, I held like every play. Okay, I can say that now. Statute of limitations. But um, <laughs> <laughs> they can't take those those records away from me, dang it. They can't come back at me now. Uh, but I mean, that's the thing. Once I mean, and when when somebody the the tell all if someone is holding is if somebody's running to the right or left or if they're pulling away and you're pulling jersey i mean come on dude and i'm sitting there watching it and i'm like i know you see this i could i could i can't count on both both hands how many times i wanted to be screaming at the tv holding you know but uh that's all part of it i guess uh jared what do you think what do we have to look out for against marshall yeah, I think the major key is uh, their quarterback, Green. Uh, Trace, one of the big Marshall people, he answered uh, a lot of the questions for Moonshine Throwdown uh, in the article. But I, he's one of my core CUSA people on Twitter. There's like him and some UAB people and uh, Jack Whitten with FAU. Like there's some of the main guys that I've known on Twitter since we've joined the conference. So I've got to know them really well. And I was talking to him about this uh, weekend, and he does, he does not like green at all. I will put it that way. He loves Kelly green, their color, but he does not like the quarterback green at all. <laughs> so he really wants to see them do somebody else. He said that he's not very consistent, which it thrills me because it might be sort of like a Tyler Johnston kind of deal. I mean, he looks good in some games and other games, like the one that he had against us. He had four interceptions. So it's just really interesting. However he does, passing the ball is what I think is going to make or break Western because if he's absolutely torching our secondary and then like having some run plays once they start to commit to the pass and does a solid job kind of balancing those, then I think it'll make be a hard night for Western. But I think that offensively, I mean, I really want to see Ty Story air it out a little more. 
Yeah. So, I mean, Story's getting there, though. He's really getting there. I think the more, I mean, the more he's playing, he's just getting better. He just needs to not get sacked as much when it's critical. But, I mean, that's kind of how I see the game going out. I mean, if Green doesn't really show up, then it shouldn't be too much of an issue. I agree. Uh, Alex, what are you thinking? I'm thinking that we would have to stop Brendan. Uh, this guy had 220 yards in the last game against FAU. So if the offensive line for Marshall can get going, Nas can get some really good carries. I feel like this is going to be a huge test for the defensive line for the tops. I, I offensively, agree. Oh, sorry. You can go ahead. No, I agree with you. Go ahead. All right. And offensively, I feel like that. I will agree this. Ty Story would have to have an absolute game, play mistake-free football, and also just not take those sacks in the red zone. And to attest to weather playing a factor, I feel like if the ball in the air can't get going, I'm pretty sure this is going to be a ground game. I will look for Gage Walker to get some carries and improve last game where he had only 70 yards. Yeah, uh, yeah. he yeah, that was uh, rough. Yeah, that was, I agree. That was rough for Gage. Uh, but he's always there as far as he's always a threat to teams. And I like that, having that ability. Um, and, I mean, as far as Gage goes, I don't know if any plays that he takes off as far as, like, somebody substituting in. I think he's like, yeah, he's yeah. like an every down back. He is. He, yeah, he, he really puts is. in the work. He's, he's good as far as that's concerned. Um, so I'll just throw it out there. The game is on Facebook Live. Uh, I would I'll recommend – Yes. Well, is it stadium? Yeah, it's stadium. See, everybody, that's what I got into with the girl on lo- online earlier. Um, okay, so just how would Facebook Live work? Facebook Live is when, like, you go live with, like, your own camera. I realize that, dude. But it's, if you go to I'm WKU Sports, if you go to WKU Sports, then uh, it it lists at Facebook Live. So that's why I was, that's where I'm going from. Uh, I feel like that probably means, like, it's on Facebook, like. When I clicked on it. Like, it's. When I click on it, it goes to Live Conference USA's page on Facebook, not Stadium. Seriously? Yeah. See, Stadium has a Facebook account, and they can live stream it on there. Okay. So that's what they mean. So maybe it is. Yes. There okay. you go. That makes y'all, more sense. Y'all sound like a bunch of boomers right now. I'm not going to. Not to mention it's more useful than the app. Like, I tried streaming the WK Army game on the Stadium app about a couple weeks ago, and the app did not even work, so I had to log into my laptop just to view it on Stadium. So it was... It was a disappointment. It was. I don't blame you. I mean, honestly, I I use an Apple TV, and that's how I watch it, um, nice. and it was fine. Uh, of course, I I like to take like my iPad Mini or something and do the screen sharing thing with my Apple TV, and I've watched several games like that and <clears throat> illegal movies. And you know, other than that, it's fine. I mean, I don't have any problems. Mm-hmm. I actually so, get Stadium on TV now that I have Xfinity, so DirecTV y'all suck. Nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah, when you when you first told us that, I was like, "Wait, they do that? Yep. They're moving up in the world." Yes, Ross commented that we're complaining about on Facebook about having to watch a game on Facebook. Yes, thank you. I mean, Rob. I'm not complaining. It's fine. They just I, I do like what you said, Devin. I and I finally got it to sync really well last time. Uh, I got the Randy Lee call to work really well, and it was awesome. So I was the only. That's the best the only, way to listen. Yeah, it totally is. And the only, the only thing, seriously, shout out to Randy Lee. But one of the and the whole team. But one of the things yeah, was yeah. they so like that that stream was constant. They never lost time. They stayed in the same spot. The ESPN Plus actually like would delay more and more as time went on. So I found myself having to continually pause um, the Randy and the team. Like I had to pause them, wait for the game to catch up because I don't like to hear the call before I see it. Like I don't mind hearing the call after a little bit. I just don't like to hear it before I see it. So, like I had to keep pausing the stream, the like <laughs> audio stream to get ESPN Plus to catch up, and I guess it's it's a commercial thing. I guess I just I didn't I didn't think that was a thing. Like I didn't know that would happen. That's that's actually pretty funny that that worked out that way. Um, so I will throw it out there that you should check out uh, the Tower Rack on Facebook and all that good stuff to follow their uh, articles and everything as far as Ross talking to the moonshine throwdown guys and Jared doing his piece with basketball. Um, Jared, you got practice tonight or are you good? Yeah, I got to leave in like. Okay. <laughs> so we'll throw this out here real quick. I Googled, we're talking about spooky places in Kentucky. 
And so, Jared, do you have any spooky places you've been to or what? Dude, this entire state is haunted. I love <laughs> I just love like any type of really old like abandoned building or really spooky place. There's a lot of crazy places. I've even seen on TV like Ghost Adventures and Ghost Hunters and all of that. Don't even get me started on Ghost Adventures, but yeah, go ahead. I know. It's entertaining to watch, ironically. For sure. Just oh seeing them get scared to death after they're literally saying for a ghost to do something, like attack them, and then it moves something <laughs> in the corner, and they start screaming. <laughs> Did you hear that? Uh, what was that? Yeah. Oh, my God. Did you see that? And you're like, oh, my gosh. that was No, nothing, no one dude. saw that, actually. <laughs> Did yeah, you hear that? I heard them say, I love you, and all you hear is... <laughs> essentially. Yeah. That's essentially <laughs> how it works. But it is cool that they had showcased all these different places in the state. Uh, I mean, of course, Western's campus was investigated by the ghost hunters on sci-fi, which was a really big deal at the time. Yeah, they investigated uh, Potter Hall. They investigated Van Meter. Meter. And I think one of the other dorms is the dorm where the girl got killed and then uh, set on fire. Was that Barnes or Bemis? I can't remember. I don't remember either. either. It's been a while since I've seen that episode. Yeah, it's probably Poland. Okay, it may have been Poland. I don't know. That sounds right for whatever reason. But yeah. I remember when I was there that there was a kid that uh, committed suicide in Poland, but go ahead, sorry. Yeah, and of course, even PFT with people committing suicide jumping off of it, which is sad, but... Yeah. Um, and the parking structure. Mm-hmm. Yes. Just Western in general. You never realize how haunted Western <laughs> is, but we just named, like... Yeah, there's just, like, a lot of crap going on. Yeah. I kid you not, though, like, um, well, Jake and I, we have a cousin that works at the Expo Center, and they have a ghost there, and I can't remember her name, but there, she has a name... Uh, so yeah, I can't remember either. But Jake uh, Ross said places. the haunted bridge in Bowling Green. I I don't know about that. Yeah, uh, is that the one? In, is that the one in Richardsville? Uh, where you like get pulled across it? Is that the one he's talking about? Ooh, is that about a VFW Hall? Like going off of a uh, going down one eighty five? Like going in? Yeah, like off Sugar Maple Square and all that. It could yeah, be. Yeah. I don't know. Like out uh, that way. Like I guess it's more Delafield than Richardsville. But yeah, yeah. he said yeah. Okay, yes, that is that is pretty spooky. There is a place in Allen County that does that too, and I don't know if that's necessarily a uh, a haunted place or if it's just kind of like one of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but for the state of Kentucky, there's three top places I would say that are the most haunted. There's Bobby Mackey's in Wilder, Kentucky. I know the Ghost <laughs> Adventures people have gone there a lot. There's been a lot of messed yeah. up stuff that's happened there. Really creepy looking place. Uh, of course, Waverly Hills in yep. Louisville is one of the most like world-renowned haunted places. And uh, well, I said world-renowned, so I gotta say world, not just America. <laughs> but America. one one that's uh, actually kind of well known in the country that I'm a little partial to is the Octagon Hall here in Franklin, where I live at. I'm pretty close to it. Yeah, it's a Civil War era building, has eight signs, and looks like every haunted house you would ever really have imagined. It's so spooky looking. There's a lot of history just in that whole area where it's at. But there was this little girl that died in this fire in the basement, and she fell into it. And they say that her spirit or whatever is like what haunts it. And I've gone there for their Halloween thing they used to do. It was open to the public, and they would do ghost tours and stuff, which, of course, a lot of that was set up. But just the history of it, the vibe of it, I've gone in the day and the night, and it's really creepy. So that's one of my favorite haunted places is Octagon Hall. I'm a little partial, though. Uh, I will say there is a haunted uh, hospital in Scottsville. Yeah, I did the haunted hospital uh, hospital thing there. Have you? Okay. I, yeah, see, f- funny been... story, funny story. I'll say this and then I'll have to dip out. But uh, I went during their haunted hospital thing where they have people set up and it's really creepy and everything. And see, haunted houses do not bother me in the slightest bit. I will say that. I just think it's <laughs> hilarious. I view everything ironically for everything. That's just how I am. So, of course, the haunted house, I'm just going to be like, oh, yeah, cool, scary. But there was this one time, it was like a person laying on like a surgeon table. And there was like a surgeon that was holding what looked like the heart or whatever. And he's like, does anybody want to have have a bite or like, do anybody want to touch it or something? I was like, I'll touch it. He's like, okay. <laughs> he wasn't expecting that answer. So I go over there and I touch whatever organ he's holding. And just very discreetly, he just whispers to me like, uh, you may want to wash your hands. That's a cow liver. So <laughs> I go and I get cow blood all over my hands for the rest of the haunted tour thing. So, you know, as I was getting scared by all these people jumping out to me, I was giving each worker that I saw a high five with my cow blood all over my hands. <laughs> nice. So that nice. was fun. 
Nice. That was one of the last times I've been in Scottsville. So, oh yeah. All right. All right, Jared. Well, we'll talk to you later, buddy. Have a good one. All right. See you guys. All right, Jake. Do you have any uh, uh, spooky places that you remember from back home or even around the uh, state? Yeah. So it's actually WKU. My dad had lots of. My, so dad worked for Western for like ever, like 25, some, 27 years or something like that before he retired. Literally forever. And uh, he always had good stories, but one of the best ones was he said that uh, in the mechanical room in the basement of Cherry, um, that you know every building in campus was caught on fire at one point or whatever, because uh, at least the ones that had been there for a long time, Cherry being one of the oldest. And he said that routinely, he if they went down there, uh, he loved going with new guys, particularly if it was like like an overcast day or like if they all got if, if a bunch of them got called in at night because they were real jumpy uh because spooky crap did happen he said that in the in the mechanical room like there's still old stuff because the maintenance dudes are terrible at cleaning um and so like it would sound like chairs were moving when there weren't any chairs around he said you could hear what sounded like paper flipping like in books um from when like the basement rooms used to be actual classrooms, um, you know, like before water heaters were a thing, uh, which is what's down there now and electrical panels and stuff. He said it was just a lot of really spooky stuff in the uh, basement of Cherry Hall, like in the, in the ground, ground floor. So that, that one for me is probably, even though I've never been in there with him when he's talking about it, that for me is, is pretty creepy. I haven't actually experienced a lot of super spooky stuff in, in Kentucky. Not really. Uh, well, of course I am the king of spook. Um, so the funny, funny story, um, I am a funeral director at a funeral home here in Kentucky. And, um, so the night, uh, before my wedding, uh, Jake and my little brother were going with me. We had to, uh, email a, uh, script to the officiant who was having our wedding. And I remember it was, if you all have ever seen Oh yeah. It was just like that. Andy uh, was walking into this haunted house, and Jake and Logan were basically on top of my back the entire way up through there. And of course, I did it in the dark, and I know I was being a little bit of a butt about it, but it was still pretty funny. Um, but at our funeral home, I have... I'm, I'm a cynic, okay? I'm kind of a realist as far as that goes. So I don't see people haunting places because I think that's kind of messed up. But... Um, my thing is, like, I've seen uh, little shadow people at the funeral home. Uh, usually, if you sit in a certain spot, you can see them come around the corner and walk around and do stuff. Uh, and they're like, you know, like two or two and a half, three foot tall. Um, nice. Uh, and then, um, you know, we've had, I had, uh, there was one night I heard somebody say hello uh, after visitation. Everybody was gone except for me and one other person. So there wasn't, there is actually a witness. And uh, they, the person said, hello. And I was like, uh, hello, <laughs> somebody still in here? Nothing. And I was, you know, I was just like, all right, I'm ready to go home. Let's get out of here. Cause I am done with this. Yeah, um, that's, that's pretty wild, dude. Yes. Uh, Alex, do you have any uh, spooky uh, stuff going on with you, buddy? Well, the only spooky place that I've honestly wanted to visit, I'm from, the far corner of far west Kentucky. So there's this place that I haven't even heard of until I started going to college. It's called Kentucky Bend. It's out of way in Fulton County, which is weirdly enough, it's this part of Fulton County that's kind of split up from the rest of the state, if that makes sense. You would have to go into Tennessee, drive like 40 miles through Real Foot Lake through this little town called Tiptonville. In Norfolk, Tiptonville, you go to Kentucky Bend that way. You have to cross back into the Kentucky state line just to get to that part of the state. And pretty much it only has like 18 people there. It has like a cemetery and like an abandoned church. So it would be perfect nice. for a <laughs> punk rock music video to do like in a desolate environment or something like that. Yeah, that's uh, it sounds like a good spot. Um I will throw in one area real quick that's kind of local for Jake and I, since we live in uh, Hardin County currently. Um, Grandview Cemetery. Jake, do you know where this is? Grandview. Yes. Grandview Cemetery is off St. John Road, 
uh, in Hardin no, County. No, I don't. I don't uh, actually. I just know the big main one. It is the official name for the cemetery. It's Grandview Cemetery. Uh, of course, there hadn't been anybody buried there since for like 200 years, basically. Uh, but it's just an abandoned cemetery. Uh, you can look it up online. The, the nickname for it is called the Gates of Hell, but uh, it just looks like a cemetery to me. Um, of course, Waverly Hill Sanatorium. Uh, they they always do tours there. I would love to go there. I think it's pretty cool. Um, that stuff doesn't bother me. I just don't see you know spooky stuff. I I am always the debunker. Um, and I will tell one quick little story uh, from my uh, from my work. Uh, I did have a lady call in one day, and uh, she said, uh, "Yeah, probably is." Um, uh, so anyway, um, sorry, lady called in one day and she asked me, she said, uh, is there any way that you can tell if someone died in my house? <laughs> and I was like, um, I no. don't know, but you know, let me get your, let me get your number and I'll, you know, call you back if I can find call something. Call their name, something like that. And she, uh, well, I, uh, I wrote down her address, got her phone number and everything, and started going through the computer trying to find it. Well, there's no way you can actually look up somebody's address with our program. Um, so I called her back and I told her, I was like, you know, what makes you think that your place is haunted? Or, you know, what, what, why do you think somebody's died there? And basically, and she was like, well, you wouldn't believe me if I told you, which, by the way, makes me think that she's, you know, seen or heard or something's going on that she thinks there's somebody there. Uh, but... Uh, to make this real quick before we get kicked off. Um, yeah, so I told her, I said, well, I, I would recommend calling the coroner's office or, you know, maybe hospice of Central Kentucky can help you out there as far as that's concerned. And uh, so sh so probably about five minutes later, I get a phone call from a deputy coroner here in Hardin County. And he's like, Devin, I just got a really weird phone call. And I said, uh, somebody asking if somebody died in their house. And he's like, how did you know? And I said, well, I sent her your way. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a real fun uh, fun day. Uh, so, uh, don't forget, guys, like, share, and subscribe. Uh, don't stoop to Marshall's level because they're a bunch of punks. Uh, what do you expect living in Huntington? Uh, and uh, follow the towel rack. Follow us, uh, Red Out. And um, guys, do you have anything else? Nope, I got nothing. Uh, watch the game on live. What you got, Alex? You said you good. Yeah, I'm good. Appreciate you for letting me be on this. I'm part of the Tower Rack. I'm one of the newest members of the Tower Rack. So just as the seasons progress, just keep it here. Yeah, right. Alex. Uh, Alex is uh, he's going to be a good one for us. Uh, appreciate you coming on, buddy. And uh, as always, as always, guys, uh, go tops. Go, go tops. tops.